You found it. No nonsense. No scripts. Real people on real issues. Hard hitting and action packed with logic, reason, and common sense. Everything you need and everything you've been looking for in a podcast. This is Dynamic Independence with Johnny Anderson, Bruce Adams, Marty Foster, and GP. Welcome to it. Can you believe it's Friday already? No, actually, I can't. Time is flown by. I was thinking just yesterday was, um, well, Wednesday, and it technically was. Technically was, because, you know, we're a day off. But yeah, we did have an extra day this week because of the holiday. So, yeah, there is that. Okay, uh, are you ready for the big announcement today? I actually, I'm, I'm, um, uh, I don't want to say excited for the announcement, because that's not, exactly it but i am excited to hear the announcement and see what the response of the american people will be president joe biden is set to address the nation at 5 p.m eastern time which would be two o'clock on the west coast who's going to watch that at two o'clock in the afternoon on the west coast not very many people can't put him in prime time because then the networks would actually have to report (laughs) their ratings and of course Well, well we can't do that Prime time, though, he would be sleeping. Yeah, so. I was going to say, he's, that would have been my next thing. He's he's already had his pudding and he's off to bed. So, yeah, yeah he's yeah. he's not going to make it. I mean, this is, you know, he's probably off to bed right after the speech anyway. I bet you he won't even take any questions after yeah. that. But anyway, uh, there's going to be a six-pronged uh, whatever, uh, a six-pronged uh, thing that uh, he's, going to, uh, he's going to address. So the White House Press Secretary, Jen Psaki, said yesterday she was going to give some kind of a hint as to what it might be. Just some kind of a hint. She was asked, what's the big announcement going to be about this uh, six-pronged approach? What's it going to be? And she said, well, we're going to specifically discuss what's going to be happening to uh, people in the country. And all everything's going to be depend on whether or not you're vaccinated. Really? So uh, let me see. Translation in my brain, they're coming after unvaccinated people. That's their real target. Today, Joe Biden signed an executive order this morning, very quietly, very quietly. Wasn't done, wasn't done um, hastily or anything like that. It wasn't, uh, wasn't done publicly. He, you know, he wasn't up there with all the people around him and had that line of pens up there and he was going to give all the pens to all the kids that were masked. You know, no, he didn't do any of that. It was very quiet. And the executive order stated the following. He will require all federal workers in the U.S. to be vaccinated against COVID-19 with no option to opt out via testing. There's more. Biden will also order this vaccine requirement to be extended to employees of contractors that do business with the federal government. You think, oh, okay, well, that's yeah, that's federal employees. They can do whatever they want. Not really. Not not with this. You see, they kind of lied to people. They kind of lied to people. They kind of said, uh, well, yeah, it's vaccines approved. So what are you going to do? You're going to give everybody one vaccine? You're going to give them Pfizer vaccines? That, how's that working out for the Israelis? That's all they're using in there is the Pfizer vaccine. No others. Talk about a control group. But was the Pfizer vaccine even approved? Well, when you read the language of how they presented that approval, the answer is no, it's not approved. They extended the approval of the emergency use authorization. That's all they did. They didn't actually approve the Pfizer vaccine. And you notice that two of the FDA top people just quit. And they were the ones that were approving in the Department of Vaccines. They were the head of the vaccine approval departments. They quit. If that had happened under Donald Trump, man, you wouldn't hear the end of that. Jen Psaki, on just a little bit of a taste of what's to come in that, uh, that announcement that Joe Biden's going to make here shortly. Does it just extend to federal employees and contractors? Does it just extend to them? Bruce, do you think it just extends to them? No. No? No, I had no belief that that was going to be the case. You mean you don't believe the federal government (laughs) when they tell you something? You don't believe them? How dare you? How dare you? What's wrong with you? Uh, Let me clarify. I do believe them when they say they're going to raise taxes on the people. That's true. Yeah, that's that's true. Or I also I also kind of I don't believe them when they say they aren't going to raise taxes on people, yeah. which means they're so going to raise taxes in effect, on people. Yeah, in effect, always believe they're lying to you when mm-hmm. you're 
Don't you, close remember, to- don't you remember Barack Obama? He says, if you're a family that makes over $250,000 a year, you will not see your taxes go up one single dime. Highest taxes on people making under $250,000 a year in modern history. And Obamacare prices are supposed to go down. Oh, right. Yeah. It'd be the cost of a utility bill. Yeah. It'd be just like a cable mm-hmm. bill. Yeah. Just like a water bill. That's all it's going to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Jen Psaki at the White House press room just a few minutes ago. To use your word, how bold is the president willing to be as far as the private sector is concerned in the vaccine the mandate area, even if they don't have uh, federal contracts? Can the Department of Labor or anybody else compel major employers, uh, the large employers, to force the vaccine mandates on their employees? Yes. Stay tuned. More to come this afternoon. I'm sorry. Did did I did I misunderstand that the Department of Labor they're going to if I understand that correctly they're going to force people that have business licenses to mandate the vaccinations and if they don't do that then they will revoke your business license that is my assumption of what whatever Pippi Longstocky there just said yeah constitutionally they have no authority no powers no ability to do that they're skirting. And trying to find a loophole saying, well, it's a requirement to retain your business license. It's going to be something BS like that. And it won't hold up anywhere in court if somebody was were to fight it. Honestly, I don't see that going well at the uh, they can they can implement that if they want. But that's not going to go well. How are you going to force that onto the local businesses? I can see the larger uh, corporations getting involved in that because their stakeholders remember. Yeah. I can see them doing that. But then again, I think if you do that, you're going to end up with the same situation that you're putting the nurses in the hospitals and the doctors in the hospitals in now because they're not taking it in mass and you're seeing a labor shortage. You're going to see a labor shortage. You haven't seen it yet, but you're going to see a labor shortage. The hospital workers, the nurses, the doctors, nurse practitioners, anesthesiologists, all the rest of it, people that are in Greece have been fired. Thousands of them have been fired because they will not take it. In France, thousands of them have been fired because they will not take it. In the United States, it is now happening. Thousands of them are going to lose their jobs because they will not take it. Now it's going to hit the businesses, just the normal businesses. They're going to use the Department of Labor at the federal level to threaten the small businesses, the ones that are left. They don't even have to. It's not even necessarily the Fed. So what this will end up doing, and and, um, you've seen how corrupt even the smaller governments have been. Um, Take my locale as an example. They tried to mandate masks and had a gun pulled on them. Um, You know, science doesn't support the masks for COVID-19, yada, 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 all that. You know, Um, we've gone over it. I was going to say just on that point, you say science doesn't support the the mask for COVID-19, but apparently firearms do. I'm I'm just saying. I mean, they seem to be more effective. That's true. It is far more effective than masks. Um, But using my locale as an example, um, they were more than willing to capitulate with the federal government's edicts uh, at the local level. So whatever the reasoning, whether it is money or whether it's something else, they they just like the power and the authority uh, or they they're given into the leftist agenda because many of them has gone through the universities and whatnot. This will open the door for them to say, well, this is a federal mandate. We're going to have to capitulate with the federal government on a local level and they'll do it locally. So the federal government doesn't have to do anything. They're just opening the floodgates for the the smaller corrupt governments to to do it themselves. I think this follows along the lines of what Fauci was saying, that uh, we need to expect more mandates at the local level. And that's I think that's what he was alluding to. That's that was him signaling. But we weren't picking up on what they were actually going to do. Uh, but now now that that question was just asked to uh, to Jen Psaki, that kind of puts the piece of the puzzle in there that we were missing. So they're going to try and use the board of uh, excuse me, the Department of Labor to leverage that uh, that mandate now. And that that's all they're doing. They're trying to mandate this thing where they think that they can, and they actually can't mandate it at all. Not at all. There, there's no call for even any kind of a mandate for this regardless. We don't mandate a flu shot, do we? We've never done that. We, we don't mandate shingles shots, do we? We don't do that. There's no call to mandate this, especially something that hasn't been approved. Still has not been approved. I don't give a damn what the media says. They just came out and jumped all over it and ran with it. Same thing when it came to 
two jabs. Why is it you only need one of Johnson & Johnson, but you need two of all the others? That started out as an accident. Someone screwed up on British television and said, you need two. And they said, well, no, why, why do you need two? You should only need one. Oh, no. And then all the, all the talking points went out. No, 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 no. Let's, let's go with two. Let's go with two. There's no reason for that. There's no reason for one. Well, I mean, if you're going to make a vaccine that only targets the spike protein, uh -huh. I mean, we've heard it multiple places now. You target just the spike protein, the virus will mutate and it will evade that vaccine. Uh-huh. And it will create a super variant. And that's not us saying that. Okay, uh, I have a clip here of Fauci from a couple of days ago. All the, uh, all the football stadiums are now full again in the United States. Do you think that's reckless? Do you, do you believe that's reckless? I mean, because do you remember the first Texas Rangers game that they had that when Texas, the state of Texas finally said, you know what, we're dropping all this stuff. We don't care anymore. We're, we're just dropping yeah. all this stuff. And they opened up full yeah. capacity and, and everything. And Fauci came out on TV and was talking about how how uh, foolish that was and how there was a delay and we're going to see all these deaths and all these infections mm -hmm. and, mm -hmm. and the hospitals are going to surge. And and it's just a it's a Neanderthal way of thinking. Right. Isn't that what uh, yeah. the president said at that time? Yeah, Neanderthal way of thinking. Yeah. How many people died at that um, that baseball oh, game? We, 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 we've seen millions die millions. from that baseball game. Millions die yeah. from that baseball game, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm being facetious because you can't fit millions into that stadium. Right, but right. We didn't see any. Huh. And do you think it's foolish for um, people to be just freely walking back into these, uh, these stadiums all around the country? Uh, no real... Uh, mask wearing or, or anything like that. It's just people are people are just doing it. Uh, don't you think that's reckless and, and endangering lives? I mean, just breathing is reckless and endangering lives. But yeah, Dr. Anthony Fauci talking about the packed sports stadiums in America. Pictures here now. Big crowds in stadiums. Not clear who was required to be vaccinated. Recommendations for masks, but as you can see in these pictures, folks just weren't doing it. Uh, I mean, is this kind of behavior going to get us on the other side of this? Uh, or if we no. keep doing this, are we no. going to be kind of stuck in, in outbreak mode? Uh-huh. Well, we could be stuck in outbreak mode. And that's why I think what you're going to be seeing, in addition to the fact that where people are getting voluntarily vaccinated now on a more and more basis, as you said, we've been a couple of days, even over a million per day. Yeah. I think you're going to see a lot more local mandates, Jim. I think they're going to be organizations, they're going to be universities, they're going to be colleges, they're going to be sports events, travel events, where the rule is going to be if you want to participate, you get vaccinated. If not, sorry, you're not going to be able to do it. And Sounds I think like when Australia. we get more and more of that, I think we're going to start seeing a great diminution in the number of cases. Listen, I get folks want to go back to normal life. They want to go to games, right? I want to go. I want to go to games. Uh, but when you look at then go, like that, you approve of that or is that just Idiots. not smart? No, I don't think it's smart. I think when you're dealing particularly in if, you know, outdoors is always better than indoors. But even when you have such a congregate setting of people close together, first, you should be vaccinated. And when you do have congregate settings, particularly indoors, you should be wearing a mask. It's <laughs> good advice, Dr. Fauci. Let's hope yeah. more folks listen to it. Uh, thanks right. so much for taking the time this morning. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Jim. Yeah. Thank you for having me, Jim. Yeah. That's good advice. He just wishes that more people would take it seriously. Yeah, I agree. I wish more people would take the this seriously, just not in the same way he does. The Californians are taking it seriously. I mean, you saw those people out there today. At least they're out there in Sacramento, in California, of all places. They're, they're standing outside of the uh, the state capitol today. I can't fault them for that. There's quite, there's quite a lot of people out there. For Americans, that's something. I mean, that's, yeah. that might not seem like uh, much on the European stage or even the Brazilian stage, by the way. Uh, they had an estimate. One of the independent media guys uh, put it out. Estimates of people in Brazil protesting the COVID things, the Great Reset, and all the rest of it. 10 million in the streets. 10 million. That's a protest right there. That is a protest. Nothing in the media about it up here. Nothing. I would have to agree with that assessment because the amount, the sheer amount of people that were there was just, it was quite intense. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a lot. Yeah. You know, Fauci was saying something there about, uh, well, if you want to participate, then you want to get vaccinated, right? Isn't that what the premier of uh, Victoria said? In Australia, if you want to participate, well, then you need to get vaccinated. If you want to participate in society, if you want to participate in the economy, well, then you need to get vaccinated. Again, where's your data? 
Where's your science? Where's your evidence? Because I tell you something, you people, you scumbags, you disgusting, thieving, lying ass politicians, you're going to look really stupid on the other side of this thing. As a matter of fact, you already look stupid, but you're going to look really stupid on the other side of this when we finally bring you to justice for what you've done. And I think after today, and I'm not going to get into it right now, I'm going to figure out a way to present it possibly tomorrow on the exclusive, which the rest of the listeners will get it on Monday, possibly tomorrow. Tomorrow might be a good day to do it. I think we have a pretty good understanding as to why the Australian government is behaving the way that they're behaving. I think I have a pretty good understanding now because new evidence was brought to my attention today as to exactly how the Australians are all mixed up in this. And it would make a lot of sense. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison, do you know what he did? He took a private jet and he didn't quarantine. He didn't quarantine. Not at all. Now, see, he doesn't have to, right? He's in government. He, he doesn't have to do that. See, while you're locked down in your house down under, while you're locked down in your house down there, then, uh, well, it's okay because uh, the, the PM's going out there and, and zipping around all over the place because, I mean, he's an important man. You're not. You're not. You're non-essential. He's an important man. You know, I remember when this this guy got, uh, I don't even remember if it was elected or not, but we were talking to somebody from Australia at that point in time. And he says, you know what? He says, all these people, he says, they all vote for themselves. They're just a bunch of idiots and a bunch of losers. That was an Australian telling us that personally when this Morrison fool got elected. As a matter of fact, I don't even think anybody voted for him, according to what he said. He said they all just got together and they voted for him, as in the party. They all got together and they voted for him. The people didn't elect this guy. Prime Minister Scott Morrison reportedly took a private jet to visit his family in Sydney. Sydney is one of the most locked down cities in the world. And he failed to quarantine upon his return to Canberra. Huh. After receiving an essential work exemption. <laughs> an essential work exemption. See, he's essential. He's essential. You're not. You're not. You see how that works? Mr. Morrison flew over Father's Day weekend to Sydney in New South Wales on Saturday before returning on Monday morning to Canberra. Critics say he made the trip to see his family, something fellow Australians are prevented from doing. Did you see the families that wanted to celebrate Father's Day? They were celebrating it over a wall with their family members because they couldn't go across the wall to another state because of your ridiculous edicts or whatever the hell it is you're doing down there. Your, your criminal government's doing to you down there. One of the opposition leaders came out and made the following statement. He says, I think Mr. Morrison has exercised poor judgment in this case. It's not that he didn't deserve to see his kids, but so does every other Australian. Is that your way of saving face? Is that the best you can do? As a so-called opposition person, is that the best you can do? I I'm so sick of this limp-wristed political theater. I'm so sick of it. None of these people, none of them. I don't care if it's uh, if it's a PM somewhere, if it's a president, a premier, whatever the hell you want to call it. None of these people are leaders. None of them. They're just followers. And the so-called opposition, all this opposition, I'm doing the air quotes, all this opposition you see in these countries, that's all controlled. You don't have any real opposition in these countries. You haven't had it for a very long time. United States, uh, you think that the Republicans and the Democrats are opposition to each other? Are you kidding me? Maybe 50 years ago, and that's even a stretch. I mean, they're talking now about, you know how the Fed is going to expand their balance sheet by $6 trillion? What is that? You're going to go out there and you're going to put a bunch of hush money in people's hands? Is that what you're going to do? The only way you're going to get out of this is buying your way out from the American people? That's not leadership. That is not leadership. We're going to be looking at another government shutdown in a month. And you know what I say? Good. How did that go in 2013 when we shut it down? I don't think anything suffered. As a matter of fact, you saw a resurgence from the people go out and start taking care of things. Oh, yeah, uh, we don't have any uh, federal workers to take care of these parks. And people from the community stood up and said, we'll do it for free. We'll do it on a spare time. We'll go out and we'll take care of the lawns. We'll cut the grass. We'll empty the trash cans. We'll clean the parks. We don't need you to do that. I say bring it on. Bring on the shutdown. You know, when the shutdown happened, every time we have a shutdown, it's always pushed, pushed in our face that... Oh, think of all the, the government workers, you know, just the, the, the average person that works in government, you know, they're not able to go to work and get paid and all that kind of stuff and blah, That's blah, crap. blah. That's Some crap. of them are still expected to go to work, even though they're uh, not getting paid and blah, blah, blah. You know something? Uh, at, at, at first, I felt a little bit of sympathy for those people. You know, I was like, yeah, it's understandable. They, they go in and work a nine to five. But then my better judgment got a hold of me, and, and uh, then I realized that every single one of those positions shouldn't exist. You know, those 
thousands of employees for the TSA, uh, that shouldn't exist. Uh, every one of those people could go get a job at a private firm that does all of that, that the state can hire at a, at a local level and they can hire their own security detail there. And those TSA members can go and try to get a, try to get a job from those firms. And, and then the state can hold the firm up to a higher standard because now you have competing firms that are, you know, like one has better prices, but then you find out, well, they're not great. So then you go to the competitor, right? You, you, you have that competition of, of better pricing or, or better services and so forth. Um, but when it's government ran, the TSA, you have no choice. You, have, you, you get a 90% failure rate. And what do you do about it? You, you, can't, you can't go and hire a new uh, firm. So, yeah, I'm, I'm for another shutdown. You know, I think it's funny. They say, oh, we're, uh, we're going to be out of cash by October if we don't do something. Uh, let me explain something to people if you're not aware. And this is mainline history. This is, this is where we are. The United States of America has been out of cash since 1933. Actually, I'll tell you what, I'll go back further than that. The Federal Reserve Act was established by three members of Congress that was rammed through in the dead of night in 1913. We didn't vote for that. What happened in 1933 when President FDR came out and declared the United States of America bankrupt? What happened in 1933? We instituted something called Social Security. We, at the time, at the time it was our grandparents, they, our parents, we, our children, and our children's children were all pledged as collateral on the bankruptcy. That's what Social Security is all about. That's how we ended up with it. We have been bankrupt ever since. Every 12 months, there is a national emergency declared on the House floor because we are bankrupt. We have no money. The United States and its government operates under emergency powers only. We have since 1933 because we are bankrupt. No one has the balls to come out and say that. You know, I didn't want to get into uh, government finances and stuff today because when you start talking about the budget or lack thereof, uh, that really just that burns me up. Uh, I really do want to stick with Australia today. But uh, getting back to the uh, the disgusting prime minister here. Yeah. One rule for him. Another rule for you. Now, they did say that they're going to open up the economy for only those that are fully vaccinated, right? If you want to participate, well, then you have to be vaccinated. Okay, how's that going to work? Let's take a listen to the health minister. I believe she is. Because obviously, when you when you open things up, Bruce, obviously, when you open things up, you're going to have to do contact tracing, right? You're going to have to. You don't want anybody out there spreading COVID, uh, which, by the way, they're spreading amongst the vaccinated anyway. So uh, <clears throat> you don't want any of that happening. How are you going to manage that? Well, let's ask... The chief health officer, Dr. Carrie Chant from New South Wales, she had a comment on it when she was asked about how uh, contact tracing was going to work when they reopened the economy. What did she have to say? Yeah, very much. Well, exposure sites are put back in place, especially with reopening and people going back to pubs and stuff. Because our exposure sites still, will they be put back in place to be listed once we are reopening? Because they're not at the moment. Um, we will be looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And what? Yes, it will be pubs and clubs and other things if we have a positive case there. I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Look, I, I'm sorry. What, what did she say? Looking at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. And uh, yes, it will uh, be pubs and clubs and other huh. things if we have a positive case there. We're going to look at what contact tracing looks like in the new world order. Huh. Is that a Freudian slip, maybe? Was that a is that a mistake? Um, well, here in a few hours, they'll have they'll have her come out again and, and correct that. Yeah, that was a if she hasn't already. Right. Yeah, yeah well, I misspoke. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's just they yeah. have they misspeak a lot down there in New South Wales in, in that state. They, they misspeak a lot down there. Uh, the uh, the health minister misspoke uh, the I think it was the uh, the health minister of uh, even uh, one of the other states, I think it was Queensland, he misspoke uh, when he says we have to treat this new world order as a, well, it's, you know, it says sometimes, I mean, it's just, it just slips. It could also be, uh, because this is the Western world, it could also be just them testing, you know, floating mm -hmm. those things to see how the people react and respond. Mm -hmm. um, and that's, that's kind of what then, we were talking about offline last night. We were thinking that, you know, they're just using yeah. Australia as a bellwether. You know, they're trying to determine mm -hmm. how things are going to go. So you, you can't 
you can't go full on everything that they're doing in Australia on the mainland of Europe. You can't do that because the protests are too big and people will just snap. And if you lose the foothold that they have on mainland Europe, all this goes away because they go down. They go down. They don't have the ability to operate this in these other countries if they don't have their established order in Europe. This is their base of operations. They can't lose this. You can't do this in America because, well, you've got 150 million armed pissed off people and they're still trying to figure out how to navigate that one. But they're pushing anyway. I can't believe they're doing this to the Swiss. I honestly can't believe you people have really got a set on you. I'll I'll give you that. You've really got a set on you. You're doing that to the Swiss. The Swiss COVID passports went into place today, today. The Swiss were in the streets last night protesting it, saying this is a bunch of BS. We didn't vote for this. We didn't ask for this. You talk about real democracy. The Swiss actually have it and they actually use it. They didn't vote for this. The people of Switzerland vote on everything. The people vote on all of it. They have a different form of a, of a democracy down there. They have the, the representatives in the cantons that, that uh, represent each area. And the people are the ones that go to them at the local level. It's very difficult for them to do anything federally from the top down. The Swiss people didn't vote for this. The German people didn't vote for this. The French people didn't vote for this. The Dutch, the Australian, or excuse me, well, the Australians either. The Italians, the British, the Americans, the Canadians, none of us voted for this. The Scottish, the Scottish are being told that they're going to get vaccine passports starting in three weeks. Why not now? If it's so dire, if it's so urgently needed, why not now? The Germans and the French, they weren't even warned. They just woke up one day and, and they were in and said, uh, here they are. Thank you for your understanding. What? Thank you for your understanding? I, I'm serious. No one was even warned here. I was told at 4.30 the night before that I wasn't going to be able to go into all these places the next day. How in the hell does that work? I'll tell you how that works. That's a failing, dying, desperate establishment. That's what that is. Contact tracing in Australia. How's that going to look in the new world? Excuse me. How's that going to look in the the new way of doing things, the new normal? See, she meant to say the new normal. That's what she meant to say. I'm sure that that's what it was. Just a simple mistake. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that that's that's all Mm -hmm. it was. Mm -hmm. Try this one on for size. Australia could force citizens to report their location on demand via a government tracking app. Well, that's contact tracing if there ever was any. The government of South Australia, same place, New South Wales, is running a trial for a system that could eventually force citizens to take a photo of themselves via a government app to report their location on demand within 15 minutes of authorities requesting it or face a police investigation. You couldn't make this kind of garbage up. Again, I think I have... uh... I have a pretty good understanding as to why the Australian government's behaving like this. But yeah, go on. What was that sign we seen? Uh, the meme? I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a kid that's standing out in front of the uh, the Capitol in Sacramento, California today. And he's holding up a sign. It says, no jab, no job. I did not see that one coming. Not as in not an A-Z-I. Nazi. Yeah. I did yeah. not see that one yeah. coming. It's pretty good. Kind of, kind of. Kind of sounds like that's uh, what's going on is it's a little bit of authoritarian, fascistic. I don't know. You know, it just kind of stinks, don't it? Listen to this. With no end in sight for the lifting of the country's lockdown, Aussies could face an even more invasive state intrusion into their private lives under the justification of stopping the spread of COVID. Mm -hmm. The South Australian Mm -hmm. government is preparing to roll out an app that will contact people at random, asking them to provide proof of their location within 15 minutes. So you've got 15 minutes and don't be any more than two kilometers away from your house because that already is breaking the law. So you can't do that. Obviously, you can't look at your neighbors. You can't look at your neighbors. Can't talk to your neighbors. Forget talking to you. You can't even look at them. Uh, If people refuse to report their location or are unable to do so, police are dispatched to hunt them down. The hell world did we wake up in? (laughs) I'm serious. Like, this is just this is this is ridiculous. We don't tell them how often or when on a random basis they'll have to reply within 15 minutes, said Premier Stephen Marshall. I would like to see the financial records of Premier Stephen Marshall. I would like to see the travel records of Premier Stephen Marshall. I would like to see the hotel receipts of Premier Stephen Marshall. I would like to see the flight manifests of Premier Stephen Marshall. I would like to see the election results of Premier Stephen Marshall. That's what I have to say to Premier Stephen Marshall. Is that right there? Who's paying you? Who put you there? Because a rational, decent 
common sense thinking person doesn't endorse this. Last month, the premier of Victoria, you know, the one that said, if you want to participate in society, then you have to, you know, get vaccinated if you want to participate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And we're expecting the same announcement today from uh, putting Joe uh, on on that. Uh, If you want to participate, well, then you have to be vaccinated. We're expecting to see Mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they all seem to be shooting now for October 1st. I don't know why that is. And what is it with October 1st? Brussels today announced that they're going to introduce their COVID passport on October 1st, same day as the Scottish. Why? If it's so if it's so needed, if it's so dire, then why not do it now? It was the same thing with the lockdowns. Oh, we're going to lock down in three weeks. Well, if it's so dire, why don't why don't you do it now? So last month, the premier of Victoria asserted that the authorities won't hesitate to go door to door to carry out mandatory covid tests on Australians. You know, you can't drink beer in Australia now. Do you remember he said you couldn't if you're going to do a pub crawl, you couldn't take your mask off to take a drink. You heard him say that. Well, see, now the Aussies I read this morning. You can't have more than a six pack of beer in your house. You're telling the Aussies they can't drink beer now. You're really pushing those people to the limit, aren't you? You're going to take their alcohol away from them now. Aussies were also ordered not to talk to each other, even while wearing masks, while people who merely posted anti-lockdown information online could face fines of up to $11,000 under this uh, absurd edict, whatever the hell it is they've done down there. I don't know. It's like what Macron did in France. He threw all the COVID stuff in, all the passport stuff, and then the next day he he left the country and was out on Bora Bora in French Polynesia out in the middle of the Pacific getting uh, uh, flowers hung around his neck. He wasn't even in the country. Merkel, they did all the COVID passport stuff here. She wasn't even in the country. She was in the U.S. with Joe getting an award from Johns Hopkins University, who has completely screwed up all of the COVID numbers from the start. Just out of curiosity. What if? Oh, oh, oh hold on, hold on, yeah, hold yeah. on. And, and I have to, I have to also put this one in there. Nicola Sturgeon, the head of the Scottish Nationalist Party, because they're going to do COVID passports, they have to have them. They just passed it in a landmark, whatever, you know, majority. That's the first major piece of legislation they've gotten through. And it's that one from the SNP. She's self-isolating. See, none of them are out there facing the populace. None of them. Macron's not there. Trudeau's not there. Merkel's not there. Sturgeon's not there. Boris Johnson wasn't there. They were all self-isolating. They were self-isolating or they were out of the country getting awards for some ridiculous thing that's that's a a discredit to that award. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. Go ahead. So what if no, this is this is all speculation and just uh, I'm, I'm just posing the question. What if Australia just realized what they'd done? Right. Let, let's say you're an official and you start seeing the data that's coming out and realizing that Hmm, COVID-19 is engineered. Um, it's uh, likely a bioweapon. And uh, these vaccines that we've been pushing um, is only going to cause uh, mutations and those kind of things. Now, you're, a, you're, you're government, so you double down. You never admit fault. So instead of admitting that you're at fault, you double down, hoping that the populace listens to your edicts and by you locking everything down, you can save your own skin by curbing the spread and and burning, causing the virus to burn out. But at the same time, the steps that they're taking, and I agree with you, but at the same time, the steps they're taking are ensuring that the measures don't end. That was me being um, benefit of the doubt. Oh, uh, I see. You're still giving these people, after all this time, you're giving these people benefit of the doubt, really? No. No, I'm 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 presenting uh, you know possibilities. Uh, I don't truly believe it. I I fully expect the worst in this scenario. I think it's an authoritarian state trying to take control uh, globally. Uh, I, I think it's the old way, the old system trying to creep its ugly head out from the pits of hell again, uh, yeah. trying to get uh, the population under its thumb. Yeah, they're just they're just to the point now where they're actually showing everyone who they really are. That's that's all it is. And don't forget, the people we're sitting here complaining about and bashing, these are just front people. You take the next layer off of that onion, you start peeling that onion back, what happens? It gets stronger the further into that core you get. You peel off that next layer, you end up with the World Economic Forum. You end up with the United Nations, the World Health Organization, all the rest of it. You know, all the little uh, international bureaucracies and everything else, Council on Foreign Relations, all the rest of it. You peel off the next layer, you end up with the tax-exempt foundations like Gates, Soros, Carnegie, Ford, Rothschild, Rockefeller. You peel that onion back even further, you get to the real core of that 
corruption, that festering corruption, that dying institution, you get to the banks. That's your problem. You asked if they had any kind of objectivity rather than subjectivity, if they had any kind of objectivity at all, why wouldn't they look at information, right? FOIA request that was put in by The Intercept came out, revealed more than 900 pages of materials related to the U.S.-funded COVID research in China. I guess it showed that we fu we actually funded the, the, the research. I mean, we, we kind of already knew that, but I, I guess they... They actually got the the legitimate papers from it. Uh, we were we were seeing that like the information we were pulling was actually from the NIH's website. That's where we got it. They weren't hiding it. It was there. But I guess this was in more detail. So the Intercept was attempting to white knight and protect Fauci, defend him. Really? Um, and that was that was the intent of this FOIA. Um, uh, keep in mind, this is the organization that um, God, who was the the there was a, the the guy that started it was kind of a leftist, and he was like, "Look, I made this because I wanted freedom of speech, and you know, to to put out uh, both sides and articles and everything." And he's uh -huh. like, "These guys are going too far left all the time, and they're like they're, they're they're censoring and stifling and all that." So he resigned and and left. But anyway, they were attempting to protect Fauci, defend him, so they were like. We'll get these FOIA requests and we'll prove to the American people that Fauci wasn't lying. It went the and other way. then they did this and it went the other way. And they had the integrity to go, well, we were wrong. And this is actually what it shows. It shows that's that it. Fauci okay. perjured right. himself. So, that's, that to me, that's, that's journalism right there. That, that to me, that's, yeah. that's journalism right there. If you've got something and you're non-biased about it, hey, look, it, you know, I, I supported Donald Trump in, and of course, I'm not a journalist, neither are you. We're just average Joe commentators. That's all we are. Mm -hmm. But I supported Donald Trump. But I sit up here and I complain about Donald Trump more than I support him now. I'm very objective about that kind of stuff. If it's something that we get wrong, well, then, you know, we get things wrong. I get things wrong. That happens. But we always make sure that we make the correction. These people, that's integrity right there. I like that. I like that. Um, they put in the request to try and protect Fauci. But once they got the information back that they put the request in on and they found out it went the other way. They published it anyway. I will tip my hat and say this was this was truthful and honest in this instance. The the problem with the intercept is um, I, I can't go to the length of saying they're a trustworthy, reputable oh, yeah. organization yeah, yeah. Yeah, sure. and using this as an example. Just this I one can case say in this instance. Yeah, this yes, one case. Uh, yeah. I will tip my hat. Fair, yeah. fair point. Every now and again, even the most ridiculous organizations, every now and again, they get it right. Every now and again, uh, I mean, broken clock, broken is clock is right twice a day, it's right yeah. twice a day. Yeah. yeah. Now, uh, I'm not sure. Like, I think time stops with CNN and MSNBC. <laughs> I don't think there's any save in that one. Well, didn't they didn't they basically show that Afghanistan was a disaster without actually saying Afghanistan was a disaster? I think so. I mean, yeah. so yeah. and every now and again, you actually catch something decent out of The New York Times, too. Every now yeah, and again. True. Every now and again. Many times, though, it's opinion. And it's not actual, it is op like, news. Yeah. It's op-ed. Yeah. Everything else there has been enhanced. <laughs> so I think yes. that uh, <laughs> you kind of have to take it for what it is. It's the same thing with uh, with the, uh, the Wall Street Journal. Excuse me. Uh, the Wall Street Journal. Every now and again, you get something in there that's, you know, op-ed. Same thing with the Washington Post. You get something in there that's op-ed. And you think, hey, you know, it's, they're, they're right. Okay. Um, the Intercept has obtained more than 900 pages of documents detailing the work of EcoHealth Alliance. That's with Peter Daszak, mm -hmm. a U.S.-based health organization that used federal money to fund bat coronavirus research Chinese laboratory. Yes, we know. The trove of documents include two previously unpublished grant proposals that were funded by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. That would be the branch of which Fauci is the head of. The yes. head of the National Institute of Health is Fauci's boss, Dr. Francis Collins. But that, so allergy and infectious that, diseases, that's Fauci. Yeah, go ahead. To put that in, in perspective, when Fauci said that the, the American taxpayer never funded any uh, uh, gain-of-function research, when he said that, keep in mind that he had to sign this grant to authorize it full well. He knew full well. And it was two grants that you just said there that were unpublished, which means his signature was on both of them. So keep that in mind. And also what this does, this vindicates Senator Rand Paul. Senator Rand Paul was even citing 
the grant numbers, because when you put a grant through with the government of any agency, there is a number on those things like a purchase order number, kind of the same thing. They put the grant numbers that they gave to the Wuhan Institute of Virology on the research papers from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. That's what Rand Paul was citing. And Fauci was saying, uh, no, no, we, we didn't we didn't fund that. No, it's but well, Dr. Fauci, right, right. Here's the grant number that you signed that we didn't No, I don't know what you got there, Senator. We, we didn't we didn't fund that. I'm sorry. What you, is there a paper you're referencing or something? I mean, it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, what study is that? I, I, I don't know. What I don't you're talking know. About. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, as well as project updates relating to EcoHealth Alliance's research, which has been scrutinized and increased interest into the origins of the pandemic. Documents were released in connection with ongoing Freedom of Information Act litigation by The Intercept against the National Institute of Health. The Intercept is making the full documents available to the public. And this is one hell of a document dump. This is a roadmap to the high-risk research that could have led to the current pandemic, said Gary Ruskin, executive director of the U.S. Right to Know, a group that has been investigating the origins of COVID-19. One of the yeah, grants... So yeah, go ahead. Just real quick, to summarize a little bit of it, basically this also shows in this paperwork that... Uh, not only did we fund with the grants, uh, especially those two unlisted ones, they were specifically testing rats with altered. Uh, so basically, they they augmented the rats to have human-like organs, right? So they they spliced in some human human parts, basically, and they uh, did lungs, and um, they were doing bat research. You know, the the bat coronaviruses. They were taking those and mutating them to see in a function, they were seeing if you could infect human tissue with it. And uh, that's what this research was. Uh, also, by the way, there's a slight variation in this. It was not the Wuhan uh, Institute, let's see, the Wuhan lab, you know, the, 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 the tier four. Uh, it was actually the tier three at the university that this was being done. That's so even just a, worse. A bit of, yeah, just a bit of clarification there. So, uh, Rand was not correct in that it was the tier four. It was, in fact, the tier three, which makes it far worse. That is far worse, because if you think you have the level of security that you were talking about with the P4 lab in Wuhan as mm -hmm. the same as a dentist's office, do you know what they have in level threes? That's a glass door and a swipe card. That's all yeah. that is. That's what a level three is. You're doing level four work, which that's the highest in the world. You're doing level four work in a level three lab. Jesus. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, the, the, so that that's where they're saying this probably originated God. based on this. <sighs> Why does this sound like something like the island of Dr. Moreau? One of the grants titled Understanding the Risk of Bat Coronavirus Emergence outlines an ambitious effort led by Eco, Eco Health Alliance's president, Peter Daszak, to screen thousands of bat samples for novel coronaviruses. The research also involves screening people who work with live animals. Screening people. Yeah, okay. The documents contain several critical details about the research in Wuhan, including the fact that key experimental work with humanized mice. What the hell's humanized mice? Do I even want to know? Is it, it, it everything that, that's what you basically, said? That's what I was just saying. Yeah, they, okay. they took and humanized. They they made it have human lung tissue. We basically. knew that they were doing the, the graphs of the... the yeah, I, yeah. This this is really this is horrible stuff. But they were doing the graphs yeah. of the, the babies on the on the mice. It's just uh, that's oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's basically the same thing. They're they're using like stem cells and whatnot, and and grafting on human human uh, organs to the mice to test various, um, uh, be it medicines or in this case viruses. And people think that we eradicated the Nazi problem. Okay, uh, the experimental work with humanized mice was conducted at a biosafety level three lab at the Wuhan University Center for Animal Experiment, which is what you said and not at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, which was previously assumed. So as you said, Bruce, this makes it even worse. Yeah. So it was bad enough that we were saying level four, and this is level three. Okay. The documents raise additional questions about the theory that the pandemic may have begun in a lab accident, an idea that Peter Dazig, he didn't, you know, he didn't want anything, want anything to do with that. It's thanks, Tony, for running interference on us and, and taking the focus off of that, uh, that biosafety lab, that biosafety level four lab. We really appreciate that. Thank you. Well, as it turns out, Fauci running interference was actually a good thing because they weren't doing that stuff at the BSL four lab. They were doing it in a BSL three lab, which is 
10 times worse, 100 times worse, 1,000 times worse. So what are they can you, like? What, what's the what's the safety protocol and the cleanliness in that level three lab? If the level four was a level of a dentist's office, what was the level three lab? Was it a truck stop um, diner? It was it was a university. So think of, you know, having internships and basically students doing research and whatnot. Think of it like so basically it's just you, you're exactly as you were saying. It's just like a glass door with the key card. Yeah, that's, that's it. basically all it is. It's a glass door with a swipe card. That's it. Yeah. God. Yeah. Um, my, my question in all of this that I have is, um, are, are we able to FOIA um, cell phone records from government officials? Um, you're not supposed to be able to. You're not supposed to be able okay. to. The reason I, I mean, just under the FOIA, you know, the whole FOIA request and everything, the, the whole reason I'm asking is um, th there's times in these emails that we've seen um, where they said, I'll just call you later. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll go, we'll, we'll do a phone call we'll, or we'll go meet in person or something like that, mm -hmm. which leaves it, it leaves me to believe that there's far worse things going on than what we're finding out right now. Well, here's the other thing. When these people talk on the phone, they don't talk on the phone like we talk on the phone. There's a big difference. When you're at a certain level, when you're at like the Fauci level or the Gates level or something, these people don't use the phones like you and I use. They're different. They're all encrypted and you can't actually get anywhere near that stuff. On top of that, you also have these people that use satellite phones, a lot of them. And when you use a satellite phone, you're really not going to get anything off of that. There's no way to get anything off of that. I mean, I suppose yeah, when you, you could, would. but uh, it would be very, very difficult. And there's only a handful of agencies that can actually do that. And they're all ran by the State Department. Which is part of the problem. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, the BAT coronavirus grant provided EcoHealth Alliance with a total of $3.1 million, including $599,000 that the Wuhan Institute of Virology used in part to identify and alter BAT coronaviruses likely to infect humans, which we knew. Even before the pandemic, many scientists were concerned about the potential dangers associated with such experiments, again, which we knew. Even the Obama administration shut that stuff down. They shut it down. Even Ob even those people were saying, uh, you need to stop this and you need to stop this right now. This is dangerous. Fauci restarted that garbage in secret, probably under the order of someone else that he works for. And they moved it over to China. The grant proposal acknowledges some of those dangers. Field work involves the highest risk of exposure to SARS and other coronaviruses while working in caves with high bat density overhead and the potential for fecal dust to be inhaled. That's why you see them going in the caves in hazmat suits and filters. And those filters, I've seen people, I've seen scientists and stuff go into those caves before in like documentaries and stuff, they have to come out of there after like 10 minutes because all their filters and their suits are just saturated. So they can't be in there for very long. Elena Chan, a molecular biologist at the Board Institute, said that the documents show that EcoHealth Alliance has reason to take the lab leak theory seriously. In this proposal, they actually point out that they know how risky this work is. They keep talking about people potentially getting bitten, and they kept records of everyone who had gotten bitten. That was according to Chan. Does EcoHealth Alliance have those records? If not, how can they possibly rule out the research-related accident? According to Richard Ebright, a molecular biologist at Rutgers University, the documents contain critical information about the research done in Wuhan, including the creation of novel viruses, which is what Senator Rand Paul was talking about. You're creating those, you're playing with Mother Nature, you're enhancing these viruses with a 15% mortality rate, you're giving them gain of function, which is weaponization. I'll translate it for you. The viruses they constructed were tested for their ability to infect mice that were engineered to display human-type receptors on their cell, which is what you were talking about. Ebright wrote to The Intercept about reviewing the, uh, reviewing the documents. Ebright also said the documents make it clear that two types, two different types of novel coronaviruses were able to infect humanized mice. While they were working on SARS-related coronaviruses, they were carrying out a parallel project at the same time on MERS-related coronaviruses. Ebright said, referring to the virus that causes Middle East Respiratory Syndrome, which that now makes sense. That right there makes sense. Do you remember the two Chinese scientists that were smuggling out the uh, the samples in Winnipeg at the P4 lab in Winnipeg? They were mere samples. That now makes sense, which we talked about over 18 months ago 
that the Canadian press finally got around to two months ago. Do you know how hard it was to find that information 18 months ago? You know how crazy it was to talk about that 18 months ago? Oh, you were a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you were a nut job. Mm-hmm. Asked about the grant materials, Robert Kessler, communications manager at EcoHealth Alliance, said, we applied for grants to conduct research. Really? It's that simple. Where'd this guy go to PR school? The relevant agencies deemed that to be important research and thus funded it. So I don't know that there's a whole lot to say. Uh, You basically didn't say anything, sir. So, I mean, are you willing to give up your boss? Anything? I mean, see, I'm in the business of uh, sitting across the table from a criminal and saying, you want a deal? What are you going to give me? You see, I'm not interested in this little small talk and everything that everybody's up here saying because everybody's too terrified. I want what you know. That's what I want. Then we'll talk a deal. Tell me what you know. Tell me who you know. And then we'll go from there. The grant was initially awarded for a five-year period from 2014 to 2019. Funding was renewed in 2019, but suspended by the Trump administration in 2020. This is where Fauci restarted it in secret. And then Trump found out about it again. And then, of course, Fauci was attending private dinners saying that, oh, well, there will be a challenge and the coming administration will face in the arena of infectious diseases. And also there'll be a surprise outbreak. Funny how he just says that that to him. That happened about the same time he was restarting. Yep. He had he had secretly funded that stuff. Yep. Yep. It was a few months after, actually. The closest relative of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, which causes COVID-19, is a virus found in bats, making the animals a focal point for efforts to understand the origins of the pandemic. Yes, that we know. Exactly how the virus jumped to humans is the subject of a heated debate. Um, That's not really a subject of heated debate at this point, but okay. No. Many scientists believe that it was a natural spillover, meaning that the virus passed to humans in such a setting as a wet market or a rural area where humans and animals are in close contact. Again, that's all been debunked. This is the intercept, probably trying to throw that in there to save a little face, keep with the Mm -hmm. uh, the mainstream agenda and all the rest of it. Biosafety experts and Internet sleuths who suspect a lab or Internet sleuths. You hear this? I'm personally I feel personally attacked. Are we Internet sleuths? I mean, I mean, I listen to online. I guess you would. What, what's a sleuth? What the hell's a sleuth? I don't know. A conspiracy theorist? I, <laughs> if you're, oh, you're, to to act as a detective, to search for and discover. That's uh-huh. what a sleuth is. Okay. To act as one. I wasn't acting. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, when you're when you're going to the actual documents and and looking at the the grant numbers and the grants and the research papers, doesn't really make you a sleuth, does it? No. When you're out there in the real world and you're locking people up and you're hunting down criminals, that doesn't make you a sleuth, does it? Well, yeah. No. True. But when you shift your focus, doesn't make you a sleuth, does it? Just saying. I mean, it, it, in in a very general term, I guess if you're if you're meaning it non derogatory and meaning it as just literally as what's you know acting as a detective. Then, yeah, sure. Yeah, okay, whatever. I'll wear it as a badge of honor. Meanwhile, biosafety experts have spent more than a year poring over publicly available information and obscure scientific publications looking for answers. Obscure. (laughs) Obscure scientific publications. You mean like The Lancet? You mean like The Atlantic? The the scientific uh, journals? That, that, That kind of stuff? Is that obscure scientific publications? Those are the actual publications of these people. You mean looking at actual EcoHealth Alliance research papers? You mean looking at research papers, as Bruce was talking about, from the Wuhan Institute of Virology? Looking at research papers from the bio lab or bio research facility of the University of Galveston in Texas? Is that uh, obscure scientific publications? Apparently. Do, do you know how hard it is to sit down and read that stuff? Because it's all academic talk. And that all that stuff is way above my head. All that stuff. I do the best I can to try and make sense of it. But sometimes we have to go to all of our other medical experts and say, please explain this to us, please. So and we have to. Yeah, we have to sit there and we have to dictate what we're reading. We have to share the documents. And then they say, okay, and then they have to translate it to us in layman's terms. That is very difficult to do. It's even more difficult to try and cram it all into an hour session or 45 minute session and try and present it. Uh, that's very, very hard to do. <laughs> Internet sleuths looking at obscure scientific publications. Wow. You know what? I'm starting to agree with you on, you know, this is like literally the only case that I would consider the Intercept <laughs> to be like a leading source. Uh, in the past few months, leading scientists have also called for a deeper investigation into the pandemic's origin, as has President Joe Biden. Oh, yeah, I'm sure Joe Biden wants to get to the bottom of what happened at the Wuhan lab. 
Uh, I'm mm -hmm. sure he wants to get mm -hmm. the bottom of that. Who in May ordered the intelligence community to study the issue. On August 27th, Biden announced that the intelligence inquiry was inconclusive. It's about like the uh, World Health Organization. They sent Peter Daszak to investigate the Wuhan Institute of Virology. And Peter Daszak is the one that funded the Wuhan Institute of Virology with the research. And he says, oh, that's just it, it was inconclusive. What you didn't press them? Well, what more can we do? Which let's be fair. Let's be fair. The Chinese Communist Party have been saying that that level four lab is a conspiracy theory, right? The, the, the coming from that level four lab, it's a conspiracy theory. It's not um, it's not true, right? If these documents are accurate, then they're right, aren't they? Yeah. 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 They're right. Biden blamed China it all for the more worse. <laughs> yeah, it makes it worse. Than that. Yeah. Biden blamed China for failing to release critical data. I'm sure he pressed. I, I'm sure he he picked up the phone and told Xi Jinping how it was going to be. I'm sure he did that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. But the U.S. government has also been slow to release information. Do you think the uh, the U.S. government wants to release any information about how they're guilty of colluding with the Chinese? No. Do, do you think that they want to release information and turn over all of the complicity of their allied partners like Canada, like the European countries, like the Australians? No, I don't think so. I don't think so, because they'd all go down for it. The Intercept initially requested the proposals in September of 2020. I wish that this document had been released in early 2020, said Chan, who was called who was called for an investigation of the lab leak origin theory. It would have changed things massively just to have all the information in one place, immediately transparent in a credible document that was submitted by EcoHealth. The second grant... Understanding the risk of zoonotic virus emergence in emerging infectious diseases, uh, disease hotspots of Southeast Asia was awarded in, in 2020 in the month of August and extends through 2025. Oh, my God. The proposal written in 2019 of 10 seems precedent, focusing on scaling up and deploying resources in Asia in case of an outbreak of an emergent infectious disease and referring to Asia as the hottest of the EID hotspots. You know, last night, last night, did you see the North Korean parade last night at midnight, their time? Did you see it? No? No, I didn't. You didn't see that? No, they usually do it at night because uh, for fear of attack, so yeah. to speak. Yeah, well, I mean, honestly, I mean, you'd kind of, you'd want to do that during the day, at least I would think, right? Well, last night, they had a different kind of a parade. And it was, I saw the, what photos they did put out of it. Uh, I saw it this morning. I've never seen a North Korean military parade like this. Okay. So obviously you see dude here, right? That's, that's Kim Jong, right? He's up there with the, you know, party people and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Okay. They had a great big bash, right? Usual celebrations mm -hmm. and everything. What do you normally see at these things? What, what do you normally see at these things? You normally see all these people, right? I mean, I'm sorry for the, the photos here, but I mean, I know someone kind of small, but you normally see all these people and you normally see the military parading down the Kim Il-sung square mm -hmm. and all the yeah. rest of it. They got all their missiles and, you know, the trucks pulling them and everything and, you know, aircraft and whatever. And, you know, they, they have all their all their artillery and everything out there. Right. That's usually what mm -hmm. you see. Not this time. Normally you have their soldiers marching in the streets, too, as well. Right. In the parade. Million man army. Yeah. Yeah. This is how they were dressed last night. Interesting. Now, I, obviously, I know that those that are listening can't see this. And I know that we're way over on time today, but I don't care because we're covering these documents. But all of the North Korean People's Army or whatever it is that they call themselves, I'm not sure. But I, I'm, I, I'm just assuming that's what it is. They're all in hazmat suits. They're all in biological warfare suits, orange suits, respirators, canisters on the side of the masks. They didn't put any of their artillery out there in the streets. It was just this. Yeah, that's um, interesting. It is. As I said earlier this year, I said it'd be very unlikely that we see a kinetic war again. Yeah, you see the countries that are, you know, heating up and China's building all kinds of stuff and the U.S. is just scrambling, doing all kinds of stuff and the, the British and the Dutch and the French and the Germans and all the rest of it. But I'd be very, very surprised if we ever saw another kinetic war. The wars of the future are biological, economical and cyber. Those are the wars of the future. And we're being hit with two of those three at the moment. See Klaus Schwab for number three. Uh, I thought there was going to be more than that. But um, yeah, so that's what they've released. And it shows in those documents, first of all, Rand Paul was vindicated. But worse than that is actually that. It's worse than what we thought. You know, I'd, I've heard several interviews with uh, Dr. Francis Boyle. He's the guy that wrote the Biological Weapons uh, Treaty. 
and I, I've listened to him uh, give several interviews. I've read his book uh, on biological warfare or biowarfare and terrorism, and he talks about a lot of this stuff. And he's been saying for two years now, I've been listening to him very carefully for, for a couple of years in the interviews he's been given. He's not allowed to go on mainstream news networks. They won't have him on. You would think that someone like him would be very well respected and appreciated to be on there, but they won't have him on. Same thing with Dr. Robert Malone, the man who invented the mRNA technology for the vaccine. None of the networks will have him on. He's a crazy uh, kook. He's won an award for that. That's his life's work. And now this is being done with it. And he's very upset. I would be too, if I had my life's work turned on its head and turned into this by these these freaks like Gates and Fauci. But what does the mainstream media call him? Oh, he's a crazy man. He's an anti-vaxxer. He's uh, you know, a, a wing nut and all the rest of it, a crazy man. And he's none of those things. If you actually listen to the man, he's none of those things. Same thing with Dr. Francis Boyle. He's none of those things. He's not an anti-vaxxer. He's not an unintelligent man. The man still teaches. He has no reason to teach at, at, at his age. He still teaches because he loves it and he has a passion for it. And I respect that. But he's been saying, Dr. Francis Boyle, he's been saying in his interviews for the last two years that I've been listening to him, that a lot of these countries, and there's a lot of countries that have BSL-4 labs, a lot of these countries do level four work in level three labs. And he suspected a couple of years ago when this first started, he suspected at that time that more than likely what you would probably end up finding out would be that they were doing level four work in a level three or lower lab. But remember, he's a crazy man. He doesn't know what he's talking about. All right. Uh, like I said, we're way over on time, but uh, I, I wanted to get into that stuff today. So uh, we are going to have to go. For those of you who are not signed up to our Telegram page, get over there and get signed up to us. We do put out all of our podcasts we do here every day. And we're also going to do an exclusive podcast that will come out early tomorrow just for our Telegram subscribers. But the rest of you will get it on Monday. Also, if you'd like to reach out to us, you can do so anytime by dropping us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. And we would ask you to pass along to friends, family, and known associates. We are trying to grow, but we do need your help in order to do that. So if you could pass this along, we'd appreciate that. We're available everywhere you get your podcast. Also, if you're rating podcasts, if you give us a rating when you get a chance, we'd appreciate that as well. Five stars would be a plus. Thank you very much. All right, that'll do it for today and this week. So thank you for being here today, Bruce. Thank you to all the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.